Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing in Real Estate. This week we have Adam and Bobby. Adam and Bobby have hit $157 million in transactions in three years. They're also known as the Valley Investors. They also give presentations around the San Francisco Bay Area. Adam and Bobby, welcome to the show, guys. Big, big thank, thank you, you for having us. Yes. Awesome. Can you kind of walk us through who you are in your real estate journey and how you got into it? So I'm Bobby. and I'm Adam. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so we, we got started in uh, real estate actually a little more than three years ago. Okay. I think I, like right after the crash picked up uh, a couple properties and even before then, before the crash, uh, we each got licensed. Part of it for both of us is at least for me, you know, mainly I was looking at being an agent. Oh, wow. Top agent in you know the, the Bay Area got mm-hmm. my license and was figuring you know this is this is how I'm gonna you know make my mark. Yeah, and got my license. Uh, worked for a broker and just fucking hated it. It was the real <laughs> quickly realized that uh, yeah no I don't want to be the top agent mm-hmm. and so started looking at more of the investing side because that's just where I knew the you know making the money for yourself was making your empire for your family kind of is is mm-hmm. in the investing side, buying and holding, and more going into that aspect of real estate. Oh, wow. I dropped the the real estate agent thing probably right after the crash. So it was, it was partly timing too. There was just, you know, someone who's new getting into it, still going to school and stuff like that, a little bit tougher. Yeah. I mainly was focused on the investing and kind of had that on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And three years ago, Adam and I joined forces and uh, now we're going at a full blast and just- Awesome. A- How'd you guys meet? You don't mind me asking. College. You guys been in college? We were both. Yeah, we actually both helped start up the uh, the Pike fraternity at San Jose State. Okay. We met probably close to twenty years ago, about a good eighteen years ago. Yeah. I almost thought you guys were gonna say you guys met seven years ago. I'm like, man, you guys look so young. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's uh, when you love what you do, you know, I think it, it slows the aging process down. That's good to know. Probably for me, I'm aging a lot right now. Keep losing money. I don't love what I do. <laughs> And it's coming back around. It's like it, it's happened to us. It's happened to every serious investor we know has lost yeah. money last year and a half. Mm-hmm. How about what? Are, what's your story, Adam? Like, how'd you get into it? So it's kind of the same. I, I've always kind of joked. Uh, Bobby and I, we, we we both went to San Jose State. Myself, I was studying business management. Mm-hmm. Uh, after probably about three and a half years, maybe four years of that, I uh, I ended up dropping out. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just sick of it. Uh, all these micro, macro, economic, supply chain management, just kind of like bean counting bullshit. I wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up dropping out, took a lot of classes at both West Valley and De Anza. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably took about 37, 40 classes, including all, all of their, the big one being their, their entire real estate program, a bunch of photography, arts, mechanics, jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Thing, uh, judo, you name it. So whatever I yeah. can, uh, I was just—I still wanted to learn. I just didn't want to keep learning business management. Yeah. Um, what's funny too is Bobby and I even ended up bumping heads in one of those classes just randomly. Like we'd mm-hmm. be going for our uh, our real estate license at the time. We had always kind of joked back in college that uh, we'd be sitting in like a business class. You have this huge like macroeconomics book, and inside of it, we'd have like a little book on real estate that we were secretly reading during our. Wow. Our, you, know. so you guys have this interest for a while now. Long time, yeah. So mm-hmm. Since our, 
our probably late teens, early, especially early 20s is when we yeah. all, Even before we got licensed, I, I know I was, and we went to a couple of those what conferences where you had like uh, Donald Trump speaking, Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki. I think we just ran into each other that one too, right? Yeah. That was way back in the day. I, I think I was like 20, 21. So yeah, this would have been a good 16 years ago. We, we, I, we just saw each other there. We're like, oh, what are you doing here? You know, so... Mm-hmm. I think he ended up like crashing on our floor one night there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come stay with us, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, that's, that's a great story on partnerships and everything, you know, because I think at a younger age for most of our listeners listening, like you don't know who you're going to meet, who you have synergy with and the fact that you guys met so early on and the fact that you kept seeing each other again and built that trust among each other to go out there and do these real estate transactions together. Well, time frame too. We've done a couple other, you know, should get in again businesses that we've run you know just always had the entrepreneurial mindset where Mm -hmm. let's try to start something and keep going at it yeah we've ever started something where we've where we've uh kind of just tanked it and it's been just like a total loss Mm -hmm. really yeah we did everything we we were flipping cars on craigslist we were (laughs) alibaba yeah go into those like storage shed auctions for a while like before yeah. that was very popular uh next you know everybody was doing it and we're like oh, this isn't this isn't for us so we, we tried a bunch of random stuff for, over the years mm-hmm. and uh yeah everything was cool like we always had a little bit of fun with it but nothing ever took mm-hmm. off where uh like this like it's it, this has just been life-changing for us so yeah definitely that's great i mean i also have my fair shares of trying to be an entrepreneur when i was younger when i was younger i was, I was trying to flip pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards for profits as I got older, I was actually flipping washer, dryers, and refrigerators. Interesting enough, right? You just get off Craigslist, you go yeah. wash it in your backyard, and you sell it for a couple hundred dollars more. Well, we did that too. You negotiate it down. You try to buy a few in bulk. You clean them up, and then yeah. you patiently wait for that person who's willing to pay you like a hundred dollars more. So yeah. then two or three people come by. They're like, oh, "I'm not interested." They'll try to negotiate with you mm-hmm. to a point where it's not profitable for you. But yeah. back in the day, you'd realize you might end up spending like twelve hours to make that hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, we're giving these uh, refrigerators, stoves, and shit away. We actually did, yeah. <laughs> so, so we just bought a series of Plexes over in Mountain View. Wow. Get rid of all the old appliances. They're all, like, really nice. Like, they all work, but they're just, like, old, like, white appliances, and we just want to put stainless steel in. So yeah. it's like, talking about, too. We're like, we could probably sell these for, like, 50 to 100 bucks each. What? They were like, our old mentality would have been, like, let's just sell these and, like, get something for these. But yeah. I think just the time in versus the time out, it was yeah. Them away where it's like hey you got four of them they're right in front of the unit first ones to come pick them up they're yours so mm-hmm. they're gone within 24 hours I like, I like how your mindset has grown so much throughout the years it's like oh it's not worth my time my ROI is much greater than that obviously we'll, we'll probably dive deeper into how you guys spend your time you know but I, I like the, the mindset shift of what's the best use of my time because that's the best approach to being a successful business owner you know we're big fans of uh, how much did we make in 2018 how many hours did we work Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we divide that by two because there's two of us. Now we come up with that dollar value per hour. If this isn't even coming close to what we need to be at, like yeah. let's, let's just leave them on the porch. Awesome. And I say that we're wasteful. This was a time where we were making jokes like, wow, this is our first time that like, we're not just trying to like utilize every last drop, but sometimes it's just, it's <laughs> awesome. You guys sound so much more advanced than me. I'm still trying to utilize every last drop. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, 
it, it, it's it's there's merits to both sides. Yeah, definitely. So, what kind of challenges do you guys face when you guys first got into real estate together? Your first deal. What were you saying, really quick, Bobby? No, I was gonna say it kind of goes back to the kind of a, a large reason why we do this is giving back. And mm-hmm. that's given to people, you know, when you get a free fridge or free stove, that might be someone's actual need that they need to keep their food cold, to cook their food. It's like actually, you know, pe- people do need this stuff. And we're in that position now where we can just give it away. It's not so much of, uh, you know, trying to squeeze every penny out of it as well. But it's also, you know, some, pe- some people don't have the benefit of having that, you know, nice yeah. fridge. Mm-hmm. The people who got this were stoked. So awesome. it's kind really of that- what you guys are doing. Yeah, I mean... In my situation, I try to get back in different ways as well. I mean, I try to create a lot of like meetup events where we have guest speakers. We'll take us off the show, but I'll love you guys on as a speaker as well to give back much value as we can. You know, uh, obviously, I work with the Stronger Moms team, and they have free workshops every single Saturday to teach people how to flip and analyze deals without any sort of monetary or request in mind, but just like a free will kind of thing. So I really like what you guys are doing. How's Tom and all them doing over there? They're doing good. We just finished our project, our fourplex in Hoover, which we turned into a 10 bedroom, 10 bathroom, short term rental. So it's like a slash Airbnb and uh, we have people rent out bedrooms and the margin is pretty insane. Like each bedroom can rent out for at least $2,000 and the property got locked down for about 1 million. So the mortgage is about 7,000. And I think we're looking to bring in about like 18,000 to 20,000 a month. It's pretty ridiculous for those type of returns. Nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, what, was, what was the initial investment on the asset? Uh, we bought it for 1 million. Great. And we put in uh, I think 200 to 300 K into the property to fix it. So it's not too bad. The returns are pretty good. No, that's a great return. Yeah, awesome. So when you guys first got into your real estate deal, can you walk us through how you guys got into got into that and you know what kind of challenges you guys face? So the first deal, mm-hmm. that, that, one, mm-hmm. that was uh, that was actually Adam, wow. Adam one of his mentors, is mm-hmm. how that one got kind of brought to us. I'll let him kind of tell that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it was a, a, a very good friend of ours. I'll, I'll even give him a shout out, John, John Piva. Hello, mm-hmm. John. <laughs> uh, he's still a very good friend uh, of ours today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we actually ra- randomly we met at the. Uh, it was at a meetup over at the ones that they're having over at Harry's Hofbrau. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Jeff and his group were uh, doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I, I had randomly stumbled in there. We were there for my dad's birthday over at Harry's Hofbrau. Mm-hmm. My mom, she pointed it out to me. She's like, "Look, sweetheart, they're doing real estate stuffs. You like real estate stuffs." <laughs> you can see what real estate stuff was happening yeah um yeah i basically i was like i, I got five minutes it's my dad's birthday who, who are the three big fish in, in this room mm-hmm. uh, to this day i just don't remember uh, they, they just didn't resonate with me mm-hmm. um john uh was one of them and mm-hmm. now what four years later we'll say uh he's still a very good friend of mine oh, wow. uh, and uh he he was someone who uh he took me under his wing i would try to add whatever i'm gonna you. Hold, hold, interrupt real quick yeah, yeah please john took him under his wing but also adam forced himself under his wing sure <laughs> i don't know how many you probably can't even count how many hours he spent providing value to john mm-hmm. with uh, not expecting anything in return mm-hmm. so the new people out there wondering, you know, it's like, well, you know, maybe these deals just fell in your guys' lap. You got lucky. It's, there's a lot of hard work, both dealing with other investors and just kind of time and energy put into finding deals mm-hmm. before that first deal even came. Oh, so, wow. John, or Adam was helping John out and then John was like, hey guys, here's a deal. Sure. It was a little bit more uh, than uh, John taking him under the wing, but he, he did take him under the wing, but Adam also, uh, of course, under the wing. 
a lot of value to John. Yeah. Whenever I could. Uh, There's times I think I was, at one point I was building a fence. Another point I was on top of a roof taking down trees in like 112 degree Sacramento weather. Yeah. Uh, it's just all I'm passing off flies, whatever I could to add value. And Bobby's right. I really wasn't expecting anything. I, I was thankful for the knowledge, you know, like you go to university, oftentimes you, you pay them for the knowledge. In this case, I didn't have a lot of money, but I had time. So I was willing to give yeah. up my time and my energies mm-hmm. uh, to provide as much value as I could. Yeah. And Bobby and I starting off, like we probably went a good year, maybe even a little bit more from when we like mentally decided like, yeah, we want to get into investing. Mm-hmm. Probably a good year that went by where we didn't do any deals. We mm-hmm. were spinning our tires. We were just doing the randomest things like putting mm-hmm. up bandit signs, uh, calling like houses for rent on Craigslist and be like, why don't you just sell it to me? You mm-hmm. know, and like, just kept going on and on. I remember there was that one lady that we dealt with. Remember her? We spent like six months on six a, months on a on deal it. to potentially make, hopefully make 10 grand. <laughs> and we were stoked. We're like, yeah, five grand. Like we made it the promised land. Yeah. Um, I mean, those little wins, uh, they matter. I think you guys also bring up a really good point about mentorship. I think a lot of people nowadays, when you ask for mentors, they also ask for like some sort of return. You know, like they always seek to gain something monetary by asking for mentors. And I think that you guys bring a good point. It's like, hey, you know, you found someone really, really good. You want to have their guidance. You guys gave up your time for knowledge, you know. And that's a really good point for these new investors to, to learn. Um, I know for this field, a lot of people, when they ask you to be your mentor, they're basically asking the mentor to do a lot of things for them. But you guys are looking at it in, in the opposite, you know. How can you provide value to your mentors, which is a good point to bring up. And also, I, I heard of John before. He's, he has quite a tree going on under him. I met a lot of uh, investors in the Bay Area that's under John as well. And uh, it's really great that he, he decided to help you guys, you know. So I'm happy for that. Very, very solid gentleman. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, you know, you guys got your first deal together that you, got, you guys got from John. It was a deal in Concord. Uh, John, John had a, just a lot going on in his life at the time, and uh, he just didn't, he didn't want to take on any new projects, really, mm-hmm. especially not that far out in Concord. In margin. Yeah. Extremely marginal, very slim margins on this mm-hmm. one. And the house was, uh, it was a total shit show. Like the, I, I think it was off by, what, four, four and a half inches? Yeah, there were cracks in the ceiling, probably about that wide. <laughs> yeah, like they've just kind of, they have just kind of. Like, like three inches. <laughs> yeah, and we're not exaggerating. Yeah, like the house was just like tilted. Uh, you had cracks everywhere. You, it's just it, it was beat up. The foundation was completely shot, uh, completely outdated. There was probably we had to end up doing what like nine truckloads of garbage. Oh, yeah, probably ten thousand pounds of just like mm-hmm. random material old, and a boat, farm equipment, a, boat. a boat. Yeah, an old boat. boat at least. It wasn't worth keeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. The place was a total mess. We didn't know what we were doing. So I'll go over maybe a little bit of the psychology of that. Mm-hmm. I think most people, or how about this? A lot of people would probably lack the grit to take on that deal as their first deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. We didn't know what we were doing. Uh, I remember like a, a contracting buddy, uh, he, he did a pro bono job for us, which was nice. He came up there, took a look, and I were just crawling, like kind of doing the military crawl under the house. Mm-hmm. He was putting out all the things you want to look for from uh, the foundation to anywhere the water's coming in or out of the property, mm-hmm. uh, the pipes, the floorboards, any sort of like subterranean termites, all these things I didn't fully understand at the time. You know, I was just down there sweaty and like covered in rat shit. And- <laughs> 
but yeah, like, you have to think that we like nowadays we have a plan for everything. Like mm -hmm. I, at any given time, we have between like six and 12 projects going and it's pretty turnkey for us. But at this time, this is our first one. We weren't even sure if we had all the money to be able to cover it. We didn't understand hard money at the time. Mm -hmm. And this thing being so beat up, up like we, we didn't even like, we're like, where do we start? Do we call foundation people? Like we didn't even have our own in-house contracting team. Mm -hmm. We had nobody do the repairs for us, but we just figured like, well, we got the internet. We'll figure it out. <laughs> That's one way to approach it. That, that kind of sums up our mentality is we'll figure it out. If we don't know, yeah. we'll figure it out. It's not, ah, this probably won't work out. So we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Yeah. Never, I don't know. It's just, I don't know right now. Yeah. Get back to me, whatever it takes the time for us to research this. What was the purchase price and the rehab cost in this property? You, you don't want me asking. That, we actually didn't rehab it. We bought it for three fifteen. Oh, wow. And we sold it off of Craigslist for like three seventy five, I think. That's and amazing. With that, we, we, of course, tied the agent to the back end of it. We paid him out. And mm -hmm. then uh, actually, that, that's one where, you know, adding value, John kind of just handed that one to us. And mm -hmm. then you know, even though it wasn't worth his time, we made it worth his time and, you know, paid him as well because it's, it was something that, you know, you just, that essentially from him was just a nice chunk of change that even though it wasn't worth it for him, it was mm -hmm. well worth it for us mm -hmm. and being able to say thank you in that sense where, you know, mentors are, you know, always asking for, you know, they want to mentor you for money or something, which is probably worth it for newer people starting out. Mm -hmm. when they don't ask for it. You want to pay them that much more. True. He didn't want anything from it. We, 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 after all was said and done, we gave him more than 10% of the profits. Mm -hmm. uh, and the profits weren't that, that great. Um, but it, it was still, it, it was something. And um, we, we originally gave him like a really nice gift basket for, uh, for mm -hmm. his wife and his son, just like board games and uh, like organic like vitamins, essential oils, nebulizer, mm -hmm. just fun stuff around the house, like stuff they could share together as a family. Yeah. And then we also gave him a nice check. Uh, we took him to a nice dinner and like, we just kept trying to give back more and more where yeah. like, this is too much guys. I don't really need all this. You know, like he was right. doing himself at this time. I, I love this story. You guys, so, you guys went above and beyond for this mentor, you know, like you guys didn't take anything for granted. You guys seized the moment. And on top of that, you did your first real estate deal, you know, I think that's more priceless. So look where you guys are now, you know, after that, you guys hit the accelerator. 157 in three, three years. That's, that's amazing. I don't know how, how many people can say that in real estate get, like during your time period, you know? So that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't met anybody yet that, that, that's 157 million worth of uh, buying and selling like just with their own money uh, mm -hmm. in, in two years. So it's, yeah, no, it's, and like Bobby was saying, like what, what that gave us was that aha moment, like being able to get something done, see it to the end. Mm -hmm. uh, probably 90% of people who ever get into this mm -hmm. will, will be out of this within, I would say what, probably six months or less. Is that fair, Bobby? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, probably, probably right in, right out. And uh, they'll, they'll just give up. They're like, oh, it wasn't for me or it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be or mm -hmm. all the gurus out there are just full of shit type of thing. Like a lot yeah. of people. They'll do these mental gymnastics on why this just isn't isn't good. Like this isn't something for them. Mm -hmm. If you could just stick to it, get one deal done, mm -hmm. and uh, th that was our one deal. That was our aha moment. Um, we, we, after that deal in Concord, uh, we we ended up going on to our second project, mm -hmm. which is one of our better projects to date. We ended up buying a very short, like right after this, mm -hmm. we moved all that money. We bought a fourplex in downtown San Jose off of 10th Street. We, we oh, got. Wow. 1.2 million. Jesus, what year is this? This was 2016. Does that sound right, Bobby? 17. Oh, wow. Bobby's being so kind to grab us a charger right now. I didn't even realize my, my what is these things called? Computer. Is that 6%? <laughs> uh, 
so anyways, yeah, our second deal, we got, we got very lucky. Well, I don't say lucky. I gave it, luck favors are prepared. Uh, Bobby at the time was still working over at NASA. He, he was extremely diligent. He's actually the one that stumbled upon that one. We were looking at another deal up in Watsonville. Um, okay. I'm not, you know, she, so Sheila ended up taking on that one. We, we passed on it. She took it on. I, I, I eventually ended up actually even helping her with that one a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but Bobby had the great idea. Like, if we're looking at this one in Watsonville, like we definitely have to look at this one in downtown San Jose. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he told me about it. Uh, I, I scheduled something with the uh, the agent. Him and I sat down. We got this thing tied up. I could not have spoken like I speak now. Like I, I was I, I was scared. I was shooken. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how we we're gonna come up with the money for this. And mm -hmm. the whole time, this guy's asking me, like, "You're sure you're gonna be able to close, right?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah. no problem, man. Yeah, no problem. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all the time, you know what I mean?" Yeah. But um, it, it just we I just had to be very like assertive, like, "Yeah, we're gonna take care of this." And within that time of us getting in contract, we then had to create our whole business. We had to discover uh, hard money lending because uh, this is like, yeah. we didn't have enough to fund 1.2 million. Mm -hmm. We had to discover uh, handymen, uh, subcontractors, eventually our, our own in-house contracting team, insurance. Mm -hmm. It goes on and on. Like we had no idea what we were doing, but we went full in and it worked out. We ended up selling it for over $2 million. We, we made a little over 700000 in profits. Wow. And within probably three to six months of that deal closing out, I think we we're holding about 20, 22 million worth of real estate. We just went all in. We leveraged everything. That's pretty damn amazing, guys. That's crazy. The story we like to share, there was a time right after that, we we're holding about 22 million worth of real estate. Uh -huh. Exaggerating. We had about what, 76, 77,000 a month yeah. in holding cost. Mm -hmm. uh, just interest, purely interest. Yeah. And there was a period where I'm and we owed our contractor probably about another 150 grand. grand. <laughs> <laughs> we're not exaggerating. We had less than five hundred dollars, not five grand, five hundred dollars in our uh -huh. business, like in our bank account. Mm -hmm. And uh, we weren't sure how it, we 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 had like three that were just getting off the books. So we were yeah. able to work a deal with our contractor. We're like, hey, we'll give you a fat bonus. Like, just let us float for a month. And they were super chill about it. Uh, we've always, to this day, we've always taken care of them. We've, we've probably worked on, wow, over, I'd say over 100 doors together. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of multifamily apartments. So like, a lot of these doors start to add up. But yeah, no, it's, uh, so it's, you have to, once you kind of decide to do something, like you got to go all in. Like we're constantly listening to books, audio books, podcasts, uh, reading online. Uh, we, we still go to meetups every so often just, just to go see if we can get some uh, tidbits of information, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, there's definitely something to be said about dedicating yourself to the process. Mm -hmm. I love that, man. I mean, I can totally relate to some of the things you say. You said before is like when I tied up my first multi-million dollar property, I was like, "Oh crap! How the hell did I fund this thing?" And you go into a lot of self-doubt. You're like, "Man, how can I do it?" And you start. You're like, "Okay, we start figuring out like how to do it." So you start asking people around, like, "Hey, how'd you fund the deal? How does hard money work?" And you're like, "What the hell is ten percent? What is that? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I can't tell." <laughs> You know, and truth be told, earlier this year, I literally had $300 inside my bank account as well. So, yes, we got something in common, guys. Nice. <laughs> that, that belief that you just have to do it, you know, just all in. And then it's funny because as you're, you know, your bank account's so little and people will come up to you and ask you for real estate advice. You're like, bro, I don't know why you want to ask for my advice. I have $300 in my bank account right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you start to you start to get a little hard, a little down on yourself. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's crazy how I talk to you guys. I talk to other people I interview in the podcast. It's the same relentless 
belief that we're going to make something happen and that we're going to solve this problem, you know? So there's no doubt in my mind that you guys are going to hit, next time I talk to you guys in a year or so, you guys are going to hit 250, 350, 450. So I would love to like invite you guys back in the podcast in like a year or two to see where you guys are at, you know? Update that number real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're starting to head into uh, larger scale multifamilies and hotels at this moment. So That's, I, that's insane. Whole different story. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. more commercial now. Still, mm-hmm. still in the whole residential because we know how to do that. We just have that on cruise control, essentially. Yeah, but bigger. It's it's, it's our bread and butter residential. We, we have a lot of great agents who work with us. We always take mm-hmm. care of them. We we always give them the listings on the back end, and for that they love us. So mm-hmm. we, we have a steady uh, a pipeline of deals coming in, mm-hmm. uh, and we're even looking to wholesale more and more. So if anybody watching this is ever looking to get a deal wholesaled to them, uh, and if they could, we're even offering uh, we offer a little bit of mentorship when someone's newer, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of help them through that process mm-hmm. uh, when they take a property off of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no. So we're starting to kind of uh, slowly uh, be less involved in the day-to-day operations uh, of our flipping side. And we're kind of passing them on to a few other people okay. and, and we're getting heavier and heavier into, uh, like Bobby said, multifamily, commercial, uh, apartment, mm-hmm. et cetera. So again, yeah. if anyone watching this who has any access to a large scale apartment buildings or hotels, please say hello. Awesome. And I'll also include your email address in the show notes as well. So that, that they can reach out to you guys. So I think you guys touched base on a little bit about how you got started and then you started your growth. Can you kind of touch upon the story about how you, you guys hit your exponential growth? Like how did you guys blow up to like your first 100 million and now it's like 157 million? Like what was that exponential growth like? How do you guys manage that? Because a lot of people I talk to don't manage that too well. They let, they let that get to their head. They drive Lamborghinis and Ferraris and buy airplanes. Like, how do you guys manage that and stay focused so well? Keep doing what you're good at. Buy real estate. Yeah. We're, we're not flipping cars for profit. So, you know, if, if the cars come, they come. If it makes sense, if it's a nice tax write-off, then we'll buy the trucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we got the uh, the over 6,000-pound vehicle for, for, for uh, tax purposes. But mm-hmm. besides that, like, we're both pretty uh, – we have simple means, you know, like we, it's, I, I don't own too much stuff. If you look at my house, it's, I got mm-hmm. my TV, uh, my Nintendo 64, my mm-hmm. Magic the Gathering cards and a bunch of books, you know. Nice. So, I like that you guys are so humble. You yeah. Know? Either one of us grew up with a lot. So like you, you realize you don't really need too much to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we, we focus, if we spend money on anything, it's travel. Like we, we exactly. both try to spend probably two to four months out of the country every year. Oh, wow. Where'd you guys travel to this year? Um, uh, myself. I, I took a trip to Indonesia early in the year with my my good buddy Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, took a trip to Japan. I took some of my family out there. My cousin mm-hmm. uh, about seven eight months ago. About a month and a half ago, I was over in Germany and Amsterdam for Oktoberfest. Oh yeah, I think I saw that. You went with Ken, right? Yeah, yeah. Ken was with us. So hi, Ken. <laughs> uh, Ken Max, our, our buddy Ryan, and mm-hmm. our buddy. And I, I actually just, I, I look a little tired. I just got off a plane. I just got back from Spain the other day. Wow. So I, I took my girl to Spain and uh, we, mm-hmm. we had a blast out there. We did a little uh, week-long road trip along the uh, coast down to uh, southern Spain. Mm-hmm. It was a blast. Awesome. Thanks for being the podcast then. Yeah, thanks for I having had me. I no, had no idea you were just tired. <laughs> Drinking my smoothie, uh, petting the dog. So what, what life's good. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you guys hit your exponential growth cause mainly because you guys reinvested all your profits back into your business and stay focused, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it, well, right out of the gate, everything went into the business. Like Adam was saying, we don't have too much, so we just kind of, you know, spent our money on buying real estate. Yeah, we're right back into it. Yeah, we cash all of our stocks. Uh, mm-hmm. The tooth fairy money you keep like under in that old jar next to everything. Like we cashed out everything. Like I was even 
selling some of my uh, my favorite magic cards at one point to raise a couple of dollars. <laughs> I, I like I like the sense of focus. Yeah. So now I want to shift the episode back more towards on you guys and talk about you know your motivations, your whys, your morning. You guys have any morning routines? You know, like so. What's the biggest why that you guys have? I know you guys are very entrepreneurial, but what's your personal why? Like, why are you are you keep? What do you keep pursue, pursuing real estate? And like, what's your? What, what are you trying to get out of it? So our, our listeners can relate to you guys. It's uh, you know you, I hear a lot of people say you know you, you figure out the why. And then, uh, you know, you, you can start figuring out why you need to do what you're doing and how you need to make that money. Mm -hmm. The why is just to have fun. Enjoy the family time. Enjoy yep. the friends. Mm -hmm. And do what we want when we want. Yeah. Go to Columbia, you know, go to Europe. Do, do whatever we want and not be tied down by, hey, I got to go ask the boss if we can take the next week off. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest why. And, you know, just being able to, you know, on a moment's notice, just go do what you want. Mm -hmm. when, uh, it's not to, you know, I, I don't need... $5,000 of, of course you need living expenses, but I don't need $5,000 to, you know, fund my Ferrari or, or to fund, you know, the private jet, which, you know, at some point that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Simple and keep it, keep it that way to keep on going and build that empire that, mm -hmm. is, you know, you're having a blast when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, what we're doing is fun. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's stressful times, you know, when there's 500 bucks in the bank, we're, we're stressing, you know, we might not show it, but we're stressing. Mm -hmm. and, there's things that are happening where it's like, no, we just keep going through At the end of the day, it's going to be all right. It's yeah. just, that's all. Mm -hmm. That's a huge mindset too. We, we, we always said that where like, we could lose it all. Like I, I have, I have a, a nice truck now, but I have an old pickup truck that has like an old, uh, an old bed in there. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually did a road trip through Canada a few years back and lived out of the back of that truck for a few months. And it was actually quite mm -hmm. nice. It was very Zen, mm -hmm. very, very stoic. Mm -hmm. And, um, We've always said like worst comes to worst. Like I go live like that for the rest of our lives. We'll move that somewhere next to a lake, do a bunch of fishing, get a little water purification tool, and live like kings. You know, <laughs> we don't need that much. Yeah, uh, one of our buddies. I'll throw him under the bus, Ryan. <laughs> he's always like he always has like the rolex the mercedes and i know he I came to bmw is no i think it's mercedes actually it'd be cool if it was bmw <laughs> but, uh, but um so he's always like yeah when are you gonna get your uh, when are you gonna get a rolex like you make way more money than i make like where's your rolex this this and that and, like my response like where's all your multi-family apartments because that's where i'm putting all my money into mm -hmm. i, I want to own a lot of apartments uh, so does bobby bobby keeps acquiring more real estate i acquire more real estate Mm -hmm. uh, neither one of us have anything too fancy and yeah. um, that that uh, i a think fancy family yeah i think <laughs> our, so i guess what i'm getting back is yeah exactly the families are good but uh, I, I think the the big why is freedom of time mm -hmm. freedom of time freedom of choice mm -hmm. it's like money won't make you happy but it does buy you and your girl round trip tickets to spain mm -hmm. and being in spain with somebody i care about made me happy mm -hmm. so and being able to have the freedom of time to do that makes mm -hmm. us happy and awesome. I think that's our big why is, is freedom of time, freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, the financial freedom that, that real estate as well as our, our long-term holds have, have acquired us. And we, we found <clears> something <throat> that we enjoy. This, mm -hmm. is, you know, this isn't the nine to five where we're waking up every day where it's like, crap, I got to deal with this crap again. Yeah. I get to do what I want. I get to enjoy what I do. Mm -hmm. When you enjoy what you do, the, you know, the, the, everything else kind of follows. That money follows and the, it just puts you in a better mental state. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Everything you guys said, you know, like same thing with me. I think also very similar to my good friend, Sean Pan. Like we don't have any Rolexes. <laughs> I mean, 
I thought about it many times. I'm like, ah, I just, I just need more rentals. I don't need Rolexes. You know, like similar to you guys, I still, well, I just sold my Honda Civic. So now I officially have no car and I put that into my multifamily, you know? So very similar mindset. It's like, it kind of feels good when like shit hits the fan. Whereas like, eh, who cares if it hits the fan? It's not, like I, it's not like I owe any money or I have too many like stuff tying me down that I need to make a shit ton of money, you know? Exactly. So, kinda, exactly. so it gives you that freedom of mind where you're just like, right, I'm just going to risk it all. Go big or go broke. Let's go. Let's do it. You know? Yes. Yeah. That's where you'll see the greatest successes. And like Bobby said, like, we don't need to work anymore. Like we, we, we've done well enough in these last couple of years that yeah. we could cash out, pay off our multifamilies both have multiple six-figure incomes got residual from our holdings coming in for the rest of our days. Mm-hmm. But we enjoy what we do. Uh, now that we've mentally uh, t- taken the shift into hotels, like I don't know if it's, it was a combination of jet lag, but more a combination of me being excited. I woke up at like probably four in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, from four to nine o'clock, I, I, I've been researching the, uh, just the, uh, the, the terms, the technologies, the uh, economics behind hotel purchasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, uh, it's when you're into something like it's just like, I'm, I'm literally... Today, I ordered two books and got three, three, uh, three new audio books on my Audible, and I'll probably have them all read by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you get into something, uh, we, we both dive pretty heavy into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good one I'll recommend to you. I'm actually listening to it on Audible right now. I just started this morning. Uh, mm-hmm. Be Our Guest, Perfecting the Art of Customer Service. It's uh, from the Disney Institute. Really good. Okay. Maybe sure I write that down as well. But I guess for our listeners that are interested in what you're, that what that once you mentioned about hotel investing, like where are you guys investing into hotels? Is it all the San Francisco Bay Area, or is it around the United States? So how do you guys approaching this strategy? We're open to location. Uh, a few of the ones that we're working on now are all within what I'd say a 350 mile radius. Yeah, they're all within the within the <clears throat> you know Bay Area kind of. Northern where we can drive California. to them within a half a day. Yeah. Okay. Before you know. It's, it depends really where the deal is, is what it comes down to because you limit yourself when you're doing hotels. There's just, there's only so many, you know, mm-hmm. a house, you drive down a street, you can drive by a hundred houses in a minute mm-hmm. and haven't even seen a hotel yet. Now you, you start looking for hotels. You might have, you know, at most a couple hundred hotels in the Bay area. So the, the scale just shrinks significantly. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty cool. That's just shooting off the hip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've always told people, I'd be like, oh, I have this great deal for you in San Diego. I was like, I have friends I'll send it to, so keep sending them to us. And I definitely know people who will buy in that area. Yeah. uh, Restricted our search to about 75 miles. Basically, Santa Clara County are about 75 miles in any which direction. Mm -hmm. And we're pretty strict on, we we really won't even go to the properties unless we have them in contract nowadays. There's just... There's just, yeah, our pipeline is just like it's since we've been on this thing, we've already had like four deals sent to us while we're talking to you. So, oh. once we're off of here, we'll start analyzing these deals. If anything makes sense, we'll act quick, we'll have a contract written within the next hour. Definitely, so but way different than hotels. So, mm-hmm. like I said, we're, we're still very new to this. So, our, our cups yeah. are empty. Uh, we, we know very little, but we are amassing knowledge as we speak. And I, I guarantee, like you said, in two years, when we have another, we do another podcast, it'll be a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. I really like that you guys are, you know, you guys got into real estate now you guys are finding your niche that you guys really enjoy and that's 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 great to my ears i like i like hearing stories like like that you know so so props to you guys man so i'll make sure that you know if i know of any hotel potential deals i'll send them to you guys as well yeah please do hotel and large-scale multifamily we're starting to look double digit plus units yeah and 200 300 whatever it is 
So for our listeners, I'm just going to not edit out the, the dings that you guys heard during the podcast. That's, that's Bobby and Adam making money, okay? There's the test. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so how many dings are there? Each one is money, okay, guys? <laughs> no, and we'll, we'll go over everyone with a fine tooth comb. Okay, awesome. Um, I guess as we are approaching the end of the podcast, I, I guess I want to ask a couple of questions. Um, first question is, if you can redo your real estate career all over again, what would you do differently? I, I'll change it. I'll change the question. The only thing I would do that's the same, <laughs> everything else can be done differently and we'd figure it out. True. Okay. And I, I, yeah, Bob, Bobby has just been a phenomenal, I, I couldn't ask for a better partner and I appreciate that. So. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Talk to a lot of people and a lot of partnerships and you see how people, they, they, their partnerships unravel. Mm-hmm. And, it's interesting because it's uh, a completely different story than what, what I have and probably what Adam has. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that people find a partnership that works this well. Yeah, that's, that's really good to hear because partnerships are hard. You know, you basically are dating each other essentially. And, you know, you guys, you guys really have to support each other. And I know for a fact, you know, I think that's an under, understatement. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, like just go out there, find someone, uh, meet up partner with them, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that process is that easy, you know? I think there has to be a lot of synergy that goes on, a lot of trust that goes on, you know? Like, I'm pretty blessed right now, too, because I work with uh, two guys I knew from high school. It took me a long time to, like, find these partners, you know? But, like, there's a lot of synergy. There's, there's a lot of trust with money. Like, I, I know, like, if I needed money, if I, if I was traveling to, like, Asia or Spain or something like that, and I found this deal when I was on my trip, I was like, hey, I need a lockdown, I need 200K. Like these guys will step in and be like, Hey, I'll, I'll front the 200 K for you. I'll lock down the deal. And when you come back, just pay me. Like how many people can say they have a partnership like that? You know? Cause I know like with money, it's always a tricky subject. Like people always get kind of weary about money. Like even with close friends, you know, like they're like, Oh, well you want me to front you that much money without any contracts? Are you sure? You know? But I, I think that what you guys have going is great. Like a lot of trust going on, a lot of synergy. So I can't wait to see, what do you guys will accomplish in the next five to 10 years? You know, you know, hopefully I see your, your last names on hotels and replace all the Hilton and Trump hotels, you know, I'm working on it. Cause we, we, we all know they're, they're getting old and they're, you know, so there's always a new, no, it's, it's, a, it's a new dawn. No, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of opportunity out here for us young up and comers. Yeah. Uh, in our early to mid thirties, like we're, we're just in our prime right now. Like not mm-hmm. only are we still young, but we're, we're a little sophisticated, you know? Yeah. It, Real, uh, we, we can fuck, we can fight, we can drink, we can, uh, we can invest, you know, so it's, uh, t- 10 years ago, it would have been a whole different mentality. So yes, I think it's a very golden, uh, golden era that, that, that we're in right now. So mm-hmm. I just nothing but opportunity out there. I, I totally agree with that statement. So I think you mentioned it before that you have a podcast you like be our guest. What kind of favorite books or podcasts really inspired you over the last few years? Probably for both of us. We always talk like the one book that's inspired us the most, most, and I'm sure we can say it on three, on three, four oh, hour work week. week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we've always just been uh, just That book switched the mindset. Yes. Mm-hmm. That book's by, I believe, who's Tim it? Yeah. Uh, Tim Ferriss, right? Yeah. Uh, he did, he's done a lot of good ones. Uh, he, did, he did the four hour body, the four hour chef, tools of the titans. Um, one or two other ones. He, he's got a great podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you asked earlier about morning rituals. I've even picked up a few of my morning rituals from 
rituals that he's picked up from other people, which include like making the bed. Uh, I, I like to meditate. I like to work mm -hmm. out in the morning. I like to make this uh, super tea, which is a combination of like green tea mm -hmm. uh, and like a, a pura tea, which I, I mix in some like ginger, um, turmeric, a few other things. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, great book. If you ever have a chance, uh, buy it. It's getting older, but still a great book, highly mm -hmm. re relevant. Um, and any of his podcasts, uh, I, I think, are, are really fun. So Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how about this, guys? I'm going to send Tim Ferriss a personal email asking him to be in the podcast. If he ever agrees to it, you guys want to co-host with me? For sure. We'd love to. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> I think that's actually a very bold thing too. He actually talks about that in the book. It's like, Hey, uh -huh. if you want to become really good, like, say you want to become good at basketball, mm -hmm. why are you sending out 20 emails a day to some of the best basketball players on the planet? Mm -hmm. And he had another good point. He talked about if you want to learn uh, basketball from Michael Jordan, be prepared to pay about a quarter million dollars for a day's worth of lesson. But if you want to learn by basketball from, I'm making up a name, but we'll say Carl Jacobs, mm -hmm. uh, I wish I was more informed of basketball, but you have to think there were people who were on that team who mm -hmm. sat on the bench, who still have five, six championship rings that mm -hmm. played with Jordan. We don't know all 36 players, whatever it is, like that are on that basketball team at that time, mm -hmm. eight players, whatever it is. But there are people right now who have no money coming in, have 95% of the, the knowledge that Jordan has, mm -hmm. and a shit ton to improve your game. And I'll probably do it for about 150 bucks for the day. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge strategy of finding those people in your life where I might not be able to afford Michael Jordan. Well, at least back then, I couldn't afford Michael Jordan to teach us basketball. But mm -hmm. we'll find the guy who played with him for seven years, has a lot of the same skills and tricks, but we'll do it for less than 1% of the cost. Awesome. I think mean, you guys mentioned in, in that point, it's Steve Kerr, the Warriors coach. <laughs> so he, he played with Jordan for a while and he got the Warriors got him as, as, a, as a head coach. So... To prove your point, that's really accurate. <laughs> yeah, if we could if we, if we could track down Dennis Rodman, I'm sure we'd have some fun with him. That, that guy seems really interesting. Yeah, so. <laughs> we'll go in North Korea with him. Yeah, we'll take a trip. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. How can our listeners find out more about you? Um, they, they can reach out one of two ways. Uh, mm -hmm. They can reach us on thevalleyinvestors.com. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty much all our contact information okay. or email. And uh, they can reach us at uh, A-R-O-N mm -hmm. Holmes L-L-C-1 at gmail.com. Perfect. Hey, guys. I really enjoyed the podcast. Thank you both for being on the show. And thank you for your time. Us, Brian. Yeah, no, you got a great podcast. Congrats. It's consistently growing and uh, mm -hmm. you have been cultivating uh, your business empire as well as now mm -hmm. your, your media empire when it comes to real estate. So I've seen it with you. I've seen it with Sean. I've seen it with a few other people. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I wish that I, we had more of those skills, but we're, I, I was trying to just figure out, turn my computer on and say hi to you. On the, <laughs> uh, the entire podcast yeah we're, we're, yeah, we're looking so we, at a blank screen. we did something yeah we're just looking at ourselves talk so I'm glad to work guys appreciate that no but we surround ourselves around the right people so uh we, we greatly appreciate you having us on here as well brian and we wish you all, all the utmost success and we can't wait to hear where you are at in the next two years awesome thank you guys appreciate the kind words all right thank you thanks brian have a good one take care brian take care Bye. everybody